Hello, friend. My name is Denise Renner, and I am so very glad to be with you today. And uh, I'm hearing your responses. I'm getting your responses about what God is doing in your life. Thank you so much for writing. And I want to talk to you today about something that is very important. We've been talking about the power of the presence of God touching our life. You know, to be totally honest, None of us could even be saved or born again if the presence of God had not come and touched our lives. Because the Bible says we didn't choose him, he chose us. And so it was his presence, his grace, his mercy that came on us. He found us. And that, in that, that moment, in that second, we were born again. Our dead spirit was made alive. We changed into another person. I mean, it's just so amazing, the, the miraculous touch of the presence of God. And I know that when he touched me, that when he touched my life, I was one lady in one moment, and I was another in another moment. And, and that's that power of salvation. And since he came into my life, that presence, I've never been the same since. So that's what I want to talk to you about today is the power of that presence. And I want us to open the story in the book of Genesis. Actually, it's about an Egyptian woman. I would say she was very unlikely to be one who was to experience the presence of God. But God is merciful and God is, he sees and he came to this woman. And that is Hagar of whom I'm talking about. And as you know, Abraham and Sarah, they wanted, well, their names were Abram and Sarai at that time, they wanted to have a child and they were unable to have a child. And so Abraham, he hears from God, but Sarai, she goes in and she says, Abram, take my maid, take my mistress and sleep with her. And at least we'll have a child by her in our house. So Abram takes, um, takes Hagar and uh, she conceives. And um, <clears throat> so that's where we open in our story. In Genesis chapter 16, and it's uh, verse, I'll start with verse 4. So he went in and Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai came to Abram. My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. It doesn't sound like Sarah is a very nice person right now. And then the next verse, the next verse says, So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now we have some insight into how horrible this situation really was. 
<clears throat> in Proverbs chapter 30. <clears throat> it gives us a description of this. And it says in chapter 30, and let's start with verse 21. It says, for, for three things, the earth is perturbed. Yes, for four, it cannot bear up. For a servant, when he reigns, a fool, when he is filled with food, a hateful or hated woman when she is married, and a maidservant who succeeds her mistress. Well, we can see both of these things happening. We can see that um, <clears throat> Sarah's in like a, she, well, she's very hateful, and we can see like she's almost in a hated position because she can't bear a child, and now she hates the one who is bearing a child, and the mistress is showing that she's the one who's blessed because she's the one who's pregnant, and my, <clears throat> my boss is not pregnant. I'm pregnant. So we see that this maidservant who succeeds her mistress, we see that this is unbearable. And so, so what, what happens is that Sarah, and we just read it, she dealt harshly with her and then Hagar fled her presence. Well, we don't know exactly what dealt harshly with her means. Some scholars say it means that she put heavy burdens on her. Maybe Sarai wanted to break Hagar. Uh, maybe she was, she was so mad that she was pregnant. Maybe she was even trying to get her to, to lose that baby. We don't know because Sarai was so mean to her it was absolutely unbearable because it says that Hagar ran from her presence. So whatever was happening to Hagar, it was unbearable. And I think she fled for her life. So now we see in verse 7, Now the angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. Now I want you to notice something. And this is, we, we spoke, we spoke last week about the angel of the Lord. And that many scholars say that when it says the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, that it really is the appearance of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just honestly, as I've studied the Bible and love the Lord all these years, I just decided in myself when I would read, I would think, well, this sounds like Jesus to me. It sounds like Jesus is, is in the New Old Testament and that he is appearing to these people to help them. So, and when you read most of these passages, like about uh, Hagar or about Gideon, or Jacob, it changes the words there. It'll say the angel of the Lord, then it'll say the Lord, and, but in each case, each one of those cases, it ends with, I saw the Lord, and I didn't die. So, 
To me, it says, if I saw the angel of the Lord, I'm not going to die if I see just an angel from the Lord. But if I see God, the Bible says that no man will live and see God face to face. And these people had this experience with God because they were in emergency situations. Gideon was in an emergency situation because Israel was about to be overcome by the Midianites. Hagar, she's been thrown out by Sarai. And if you go to Jacob, he has to face his brother Esau after he's betrayed him and stolen from him. And so God shows up best in emergency situations. And I believe, friend, that we can see the personality and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ in these stories. And then and even in this verse I just read to you, which says, <clears throat> now the angel of the Lord found her. Okay? She wasn't looking for the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord or Jesus was looking for her. I want to say that to you. Jesus is looking for you. It's not that we were looking for him. He was looking for us and he found us. Well, here we see again, he found Hagar. Do you remember in John chapter 9 when Jesus opens the eyes of the blind man who'd been blind from birth and and it's it's the whole chapter and they argue with the Pharisees because this man is he healed on the Sabbath he's false and 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 this and they throw this man who who was born blind and Jesus healed him and he could see. They threw this man out of the synagogue, the Bible says. But then it says, and, and the man that was healed, he didn't know Jesus. He didn't even know who healed him because Jesus just went away after, after this man was healed. It says that Jesus found him. Jesus found the man. I just think it speaks of the compassion of our God that when we're not looking for him, he's looking for us. Hagar was not looking for Jesus or the angel of the Lord, but he was looking for her. This man born blind, he didn't even know to look for Jesus because he didn't know Jesus healed him. But Jesus was looking for him. So we see this about our Lord. Then we see in the next verse. And he said, Hagar, Sarai, Sarai's maid, where have you come from? And where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And verse nine, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Now, in every time where the angel of the Lord appears or the Lord, we see that he changes our identity. He gives us assignment and he gives us the power to fulfill the assignment. 
Well, this experience that Hagar's having with the Lord is quite mighty, and you're going to see that. So he says, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. The verse 10, then the angel said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, now remember, I told you that when, when we have this ex kind of experience with God, that he changes our identity, he, he gives us uh, assignment, and he gives us the power to do it. So you see here that this is just a, this is just a maidservant that has run from her mistress. She doesn't know that she's going to be the mother of a nation. She doesn't know that, that her identity is going to be changed. But look at this. And the angel of the Lord said to her, verse 11, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. So the angel says, not only are you with child, but, but your child is a boy. And you shall call his name Ishmael. And Ishmael means God hears. Because the Lord has heard your affliction. I want to stop right there. Because the Lord heard her affliction. Did he hear, did he hear maybe Sarah beating uh, Hagar? Did he hear Hagar crying? Did he hear Hagar saying, God, all I did was what Abram said for me to do. And now my mistress hates me, hates me, and she's treating me so cruelly. Did he hear that? We don't know what he heard. But it says he heard because the Lord has heard your affliction. God doesn't want us to be under the affliction of someone else. And the reason I want to tell you that is because of Isaiah chapter 53. And it says in verse 4, I'll read it to you. It says in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, and we know that that means sickness and pains, yet he esteemed him stri stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. It was Jesus who was afflicted by God for you and I, so that we would be delivered from those who afflict us. What do I mean by afflicted? Well, what happened to uh, Hagar? Something happened to her that was not her fault. It was, it, it, she didn't have the power to stop it. And it was, it was a terrible thing that happened to her. And she was being accused and hated because of what had happened to her. And the angel of the Lord says, because the Lord has heard your affliction. I want to tell you. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that power of God that's inside of you, 
Jesus hears your affliction. And he was afflicted for you by God to deliver you from your affliction. How can I say that? Because we can even see in the Old Testament an Egyptian woman who doesn't even know God. But God comes to her and he says, I've heard your cry because of your affliction. When God comes, he doesn't come that things just stay the way they are. He comes to bring change. And I'm speaking to someone right now. And you've been afflicted by somebody else. And I want to say that the power of God to deliver you and to heal your heart from that affliction is greater than the one who afflicted you or the who is afflicting you now or bruising you or accusing you or, or hurting you. God's power is greater than the one who is afflicting you. And because of the blood of Jesus, because God afflicted Jesus so that he could deliver you. And what happened to Hagar is so amazing because I told you she's just a, a servant girl from Egypt that's being afflicted and God comes to rescue her and change her identity. It says... Talking about this baby, he shall be a wild man, his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. Verse 13, then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees now, this is just an Egyptian servant woman. And God is saying to her that she's calling him the God who sees. I'm pronouncing that to you, that that's who he is. He's the God who sees. Right now, his presence is touching somebody. You thought you're alone in your affliction. You thought nobody cared. I'm telling you and pronouncing to you right now. I even see tears falling down your face. That he is the God who sees. For he, she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? She had an experience with God. When we open up our heart, friend, oh, he's so willing. He is so willing to come with his power. He comes to open hearts. He comes to those broken hearts. He comes to afflicted hearts to deliver us and show us that he's the God who sees I want to show you, because in my Bible, where it says, seen him, it says, seen the back of him. She had some kind of experience with God that she even says, I've seen the back of him. The next verse makes it more clear. Therefore, the, she, there was a well right by, right by there called Be'er Lahai Roy. Observe 
it, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And this word, Be'er Lahai Roy, it means, do I live after seeing God? Remember that, that the angel of the Lord said, go and submit yourself to the hand of Sarah, Sarai. Well, the angel of the Lord was not going to send her back there for her to be destroyed. In fact, he already proclaimed over her that she was going, she was carrying a child. She was going to bear a son. She, it, she was going to bear the son. And the son, he was going to be called Ishmael, the Lord hears, and he was going to be a leader of a great nation. And she was the mother of that nation. When God comes, he comes to bring change. He comes to lift up our head. The Bible says he's the glory and the lifter of our head. He's the one who causes us to hold our shoulders back and to say, I'm not the beaten down. I'm not the one that can't do it. I'm not the one that always loses. I'm trusting in him. I'm more than a conqueror through him. He lives in me. He said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The presence of the Lord, he comes with power. And even for this Egyptian girl, a servant girl, he revealed himself as the one who sees and changed her identity and gave her the power to go back into her situation. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. You're not by yourself. You're not forgotten. He sees you. He sees you right now. You know, right now, in this world, there's so many broken-hearted people. They don't even know who they are. They don't know who their parents are. Their parents maybe rejected them. Their uh, mother or father uh, may be away from them, and this child is there knowing what to do. Who am I? What's my identity? Well, I'm saying to you, if you had that experience, he's the Lord who sees, praise God. I know one testimony of a woman, and she, she was so abused as a child that they were just, she had brothers and sisters, and for her mother to do her business, her, you know, she was a prostitute. I mean, she was in a prison herself. But for her mother to do her business, she put the child under, the, these children under the staircase, and and they spent their time there, rejected, not eating. It was a terrible way to grow up. Well, many, many, many years ago, many years after that, a minister of God called her out of a crowd and prophesied to her and said, I see you under that staircase. 
and you were rejected and you were thrown away. You see what? He's the God who sees. Years and years had passed. But he was the God who sees and the man of God called it out. And that woman was delivered of so much heartache and identity issues that she had at that time. Why? Because he is who he says he is. And the word of God says he is the God who sees. And he sees wherever it is that you are right now or whatever you're dealing with. And he's there to touch you and deliver you. Reach your, just reach your hands out right now. I'm going to pray with you. Father, Lord, I don't know who's listening to me, but I know that someone is. And they have the wrong identity about themselves, but your presence is there to reveal to them who they are in you and the call on their life and the power to give them to fulfill their assignment. I thank you, Lord, for the presence of your spirit there now to help them, encourage them, and give them power to complete it is what you called them to do. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, friend, it's just been my awesome privilege to share this word with you. Because I believe in these last days, we need to experience our God and who he really is. And he's the one who sees and he's the one who hears and he's the one who helps. Well, we're out of time. Let me know. Give me your responses to how God is helping you. And I'll see you next time. Women are powerful and very influential. But what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.